Dun, dun, dun. Okay, hello. Welcome back to trying to communicate with Kayla. And just a forewarning, this episode is very, very hard for me because of everything going on right now. And I'm not even going to say just for me, but just the whole conversation in general for everyone involved. Black people, white people, I think everything just going on right now is very difficult to talk about. But if you know me personally, you know that I never run away from a difficult conversation. And if you learn anything from this conversation that I'm about to have with the lovely Alexis Brown, which you'll meet in a couple seconds, just take away that if me and Alexis can be friends and have this civil of a conversation, you can do that too. And hopefully our heart with this is to just have people understand that it's okay to feel awkward and it's okay for it to be a hard conversation, but I think it's worth having. So without further ado, welcome. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I hope everyone can hear. I'm in my living room, which is really not good, but whatever. We wanted to have the Trulies and be around the cats. So. Exactly. Hi, Alexis. Hello. How are you? You're going to have to speak up. Hi. Hi. Can everyone hear me? <laughs> I, a disclaimer. Alexis and I both love Jesus. So if you don't love Jesus, you are more than welcome to keep listening. But both of our... What would you say? Morals? Morals? Oh, yeah, for sure. Morals. Are both based from that understanding of Jesus and his teachings and all the things. So that's just a disclaimer. But all right, you want to take a, the floor about how we met? Because I yes. think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so who back in the day when we were in high school, Kayla came. High school. Right, high school, a throwback. Kayla came to Millbrook from, where did you transfer from? Yes, this private school chick coming God to Millbrook, bless. trying out for the cheerleading team. She was good. Um, anyways. Uh, scariest day of my life. No. Yes. Sure. I walked in and everyone already, already knew each other and I oh, was the sitting clicks. there and no one would talk to me the whole first day. It was oh, horrible. Stop. But yeah, no, it was fine. I mean, I ended up meeting you, so. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we both tried out for the team. I had we previously. obviously made it. Yes. Varsity, too, as <laughs> sophomores. Oh, shoot. Um, our stunt group was amazing. But yeah, from there, a friendship sprung, and we were on varsity together for the next two years, three years. Yeah, sophomore, yeah, junior, senior. Years. Yeah. Yep. Graduated together, literally stunted at our graduation. Yeah, she was in my stunt group more often than not. So, and if you are a fellow cheerleader, you have to know like what what small the odds are of that happening. Like, mm-hmm. we just we have this stunting chemistry. Well, and I I would say friendship chemistry too. But like, oh, yeah. really with stunting, we just are really bad <laughs> together. Like so, it clicks. Yes. If you don't know about cheerleading, like stunting. It just kind of has to click and work for everyone to flow together and for it to look effortless, even when you're doing hard skills. So we definitely had that chemistry. I was your flyer and a secondary base for you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't 720. I had PTSD from it. Those are illegal now. Uh, In high school, yeah. What? I know. Why are... 
I'm Dude, so I could have shined in high remember? school. Are you joking? I don't think that was you. What? There was, I had a top girl that was literally my height. I'm six one, so she was probably like 5'11". Hold on, we'll bleep out her name. Like, yes! yes! <laughs> <laughs> Bit, okay. Ah! <laughs> I yes, was terrified. Because I couldn't 720, so they they swapped her out. Y'all. And that was the okay. beginning basket. <laughs> okay, wait, we have to give some kind of... But okay, so Alexis is like eight feet tall, not really, <laughs> but I'm like five three, five four, and you're what six, six one now? But yeah. in high school, I was probably like five eleven. Well, okay, so this other flyer was bigger than Alexis and taller than her. What the ever living crap was our coach thinking? But it's fine because she ended up hitting it, and it was fine. But I just felt really bad for catching her because. I had to help my other base. It was just horrible. But her beautiful, like since she was so tall, her legs were long like mine. So those legs in the air were great. Oh, gorgeous! On the way down, beautiful flyer. Yes. I mean, I was a scarier flyer though. Let's just be real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it's fine. It's It's okay. But yeah, so that's how we met. (laughs) Yes. And. Um, we have remained friends throughout the years and she ended up going on to cheer at NC State University and now she's in Boston, but she's here with me recording actually in the flesh (laughs) because of all of this Corona crap. Mm -hmm. So, oh my gosh, guys, I have to pause the regular, you know, scheduled programming to talk about my friend Carly's boutique. It's called Velvet Wildflower Boutique. She came over the other day because she wanted me to be a model for her boutique online, you know, all that kind of stuff. And oh my goodness, I got to try on so much product and I can wholeheartedly 100% without a doubt say that these clothes are made so well you will not be disappointed. They are really reasonably priced and you will be giving business to a small business owner who, oh my gosh, small business owners for the win always. But if you are looking for a boutique to spend your, you know, your stimulus check on or anything, I would highly suggest the Velvet Wildflower Boutique because they will help with all of your needs. If you want to buy any of these amazing clothes, use code KAYLA25, so K-A-Y-L-A in all caps, 25, at checkout to receive 25% off your purchase. But yeah, so now on to the bigger topic of the day, which is a lot <laughs> heavier, but it's okay. At least we got our fun topic right. out of the way. So, Alexis... What is your perspective on, I can't say the word, but you go for it, girlfriend. (laughs) So, the word. I won't even say it either. I really don't approve of it. Like, I definitely Let's Let's clarify the N-word. Yes, the N-word. Sorry. Yeah. Just for clarification. I won't use it, though. But I don't think... I mean, the word was originated as a derogatory, a derogatory, excuse me, term towards... African-American. So I just feel like we shouldn't continue to use it, especially if you are not black. Like there is no reason for that term to be coming out of your mouth. Even if you are black, it doesn't need to be used as a term of endearment or anything like that. It just needs to be abolished completely. But it's hard when it's so 
prevalent in literally everything social media music songs, yeah. songs like everywhere you turn people are saying it people are using it they don't understand the emotional history behind it and how serious it really is oh lord yeah i to be honest i had no idea like because i have had lots of which wait okay question yeah would you rather be called an African-American or a black person? Or what's the difference? Like from a white per is that is that a good question? <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good question. I think I would be rather be called black. Like it doesn't matter to me. I'm black. My mm-hmm. skin is black or brown, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say. But I just, you can call me black. <laughs> um, I think African-American is definitely the more politically correct term, but behind closed doors like I'm not gonna go up to my mom and be like oh mom you're a beautiful African-American woman like no mom you are a beautiful black woman like you are strong yes she is honey I miss her Lisa Brown like a mess a true queen though she is such a queen but like I don't know we just wouldn't say that term to each other so I feel like you don't need to do it yes it is politically correct and it's never a wrong way to use it. I think if you want to be safe, then definitely turn to African-American. But I don't get offended when you call me black. I don't think any of my friends or family would. I don't think any of my black friends would get upset for me saying like, (laughs) right. But I wouldn't be like, you're a black person. I don't don't know in what context to use it in. Yeah. Okay. Well, good question. Okay. So, or good answer. Okay. So, well, so... Okay, well, I was going to talk about my perspective, but really, I think my perspective is just a whole bunch of questions because I read this post the other day on Facebook and it was so well articulated. It talked about growing up in the church and yet hearing your parents talk like, oh gosh, there's a black family moving in you know, the neighborhood or like talking about how Jesus loves everyone and like the red and yellow, black and white. And yet, like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, it was a contrast of all of these different things, just growing up in the South Bible Belt about different contradictions that you've learned. Like, and this is not something where it's like, oh, I'm not racist. Cause I feel like some, that's like the argument right now. It's like, oh, are you racist or oh, or are you not? Yeah. But it's like, <clears throat> I feel like everyone who is white, and I'm not saying this as like a blanket term, mm-hmm. but we're fundamentally taught racist things and it's not a good thing. And that's why I think this conversation is so important because if anything, I can't help what I learned or what I was taught or whatever. But what I can help is what I unlearn and what I reteach myself. And honestly, that's what I've been doing the past couple of days and the past couple of weeks after all of this craziness of 2020 has been happening. And like, I'm not just talking about all of the black versus white and the police brutality and like all that. Like I'm talking about everything with Corona. Like, It's just been a lot, and weirdly, I feel like it's a God thing that corona is happening right now because it's giving people the time to educate themselves. Like, how many times have you heard people be like, oh, well, I don't have time to learn about this? Every day. You know? And so, Mm. what's your excuse now, Sharon? Okay, Karen. (laughs) Oh, wait, it's Karen, not Sharon. (laughs) Sorry to all the Sharons out there. (laughs) Mm. But yeah, 
I mean, it's just hard because, and that's why I wanted to talk to you because <clears throat> as someone who is white and someone who loves my black friends, I never want any of my black friends to feel like I am not their ally or that I'm not in their corner or that I'm not doing what I should be doing. And so I think that's why really I wanted to have this conversation. But um, also, just to start a new conversation, for all of you who know me, you know that I'm like borderline obsessed with The Bachelor and more to come on that. There's an episode that will be released about The Bachelor, all the things Bachelor in a couple of days. But um, Hannah Brown. Oh, goodness gracious. So, all right, to talk about the N-word a little bit, she, for those of you who don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't know, you'd have to be living under a rock to not know, but she basically was TikTok famous, goes on to do a TikTok dance, and doesn't mouth the F-word, but then says the N-word, and then because she was drunk goes on to be like what no I didn't like what (laughs) and poor thing like oh god because the trolls came for her it was which I'm not saying that she didn't deserve it but goodness gracious and oh okay so Rachel Lindsay is big in Bachelor Nation she's been the only black lead up until now yes (laughs) and he's from Raleigh I wish you were single because I would send you there (laughs) yeah no 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 (laughs) you're like no I got my man right but but uh yeah he's cute he went to Durant and no he is definitely a cutie yeah and he went to Sanderson that's where I remember him from okay yes yeah so crazy but anyways Hannah basically goes on and does all these things and then Rachel Lindsay goes on to do all this stuff to talk about it and then As a reaction, which we were kind of talking about this before we actually press record, but brands such as ABC started casting black leads. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Rachel Lindsay said it best when she was like, just feels a little, oof. Like, I don't know exactly what she said, but yeah, like, okay, I just went on the Bachelor podcast and talked about how you needed to cast a black lead, and we already have a white lead for the next new season, and before that season even starts to film, you're going to announce a black lead. Um, And then George Floyd, and then chaos with the riots and the protests and everything. And then the lynchings, and I I won't say like, and then, and then, and then, like that was the role of what things happened, but then the police brutality, and it's like, I I know we also said this before the podcast, but what's next, aliens? Like, (laughs) what's next in 2020? I I mean, and I know the, the worst part is, is for all of you white people that are listening, you're probably like, oh my gosh, 2020 is a huge race war, when in reality, this has been happening for ever and I don't know I feel like that's why God has like done us a justice in in a weird like way of saying it because I feel like without 
everything crazy happening in 2020 and the quarantine and everyone be like being on their phones and like, I don't know if anything with the Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement would have done anything. Yeah, I think, I don't think necessarily that the pandemic is like, a blessing in disguise like I definitely understand your side of that and I think it's a blessing in disguise for other reasons mm-hmm. because so many people have tapped into talents that they haven't I know I've done a lot of introspective work I don't know if that's the right word but definitely <laughs> just like personal been, development yes lots of that during this quarantine time so that has helped me grow as a person and I'm sure it's helped many others like grow and deal with things that they were dealing with internally but police police brutality lynchings just honestly hate crimes on blacks and minorities in general have been happening for decades like maybe maybe I didn't say it right maybe I should say that because of quarantine and because of how things are happening like the the reason that some people are being allowed to go to protests right now is because they they're jobless they're unemployed some people are being able to watch the news more or watch what's happening on social media with what their friends are posting about the police brutalities or the Black Lives Matter movement because of being in quarantine. And not, like, necessarily, like, it's quarantines, like, well, like, but, like, I think because of certain, oh, excuse me, situations that people have been put in, it's put a spotlight on it when in other times... So much has been happening where, like I said earlier, like people could say, oh, well, I don't have time to learn about that. Right. Does that make more sense? Yeah, that definitely makes more sense. Quarantine has almost made us all aware. Aware. And we are forced to look at it because we don't have anything else to do. Like before, like I said, black people have been getting killed almost every single month on social media, every single week. I was seeing another black person being killed or another black person being kidnapped, like especially young black girls. And it was not like if I turn on the news, the local news, CNN, anything, it was not being reported on. No one cared. So quarantine definitely has made people have to sit down and watch and see what is going on. That is just the truth of our everyday lives as black people. So I'm glad that it has made like so many other honestly, white people and just so many other people in general aware of something that we face every single day, but still it's not just enough to like be aware of it. Like now that we are aware and that you can't escape it because you don't get to wake up at six in the morning and forget about the lynching that happened last week because, oh, now I have to go to work and, you know, I have to take care of the kids and get to soccer practice and make the PTA meeting. Like, no, none of that is happening. You have to sit and hear about how four black men were lynched and all of them were ruled as a suicide. Like, No, you have to sit and watch police shoot down a man in a Wendy's parking lot until he dies because he was drunk and didn't drive home. Or you have to sit and watch a man or a cop kneel on someone's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds because that's it. Like that is all that's being broadcast. Our injustices and the different um, like just things that we have to endure every single day as a people are now being broadcast it for the whole entire world to see on the same level that we were feeling it in our homes and our you know churches and our communities and no one gave a flying rat's tail but like now 
we have to. And even if you don't give a flying rat's tail, you are being ostracized because it's like, why? Like, why are you not angry that this little boy is hanging from a tree in a neighborhood? Well, and I think you just perfectly put into words Black Lives Matter in a way that any anyone with a heart would understand. And I heard this analogy the other day that was like, when we say save the sea turtles, it's not like we're saying all of the other animals in the ocean it's like we're saying hey the turtles are what they need attention right now (laughs) you know and i weirdly i don't know if it's because of algorithms or because like you know like how instagram shows you certain people and whatnot but like i didn't understand that from the black lives matter movement until now and I almost like am scared even saying that but it's true like I I would have been the person before to be like no all lives matter because I wouldn't have understood it but now seeing it exactly (laughs) and like because I see because I'm in my weird perspective of like having a lot of cop friends or but I mean, not going to lie, I have a lot of black friends, but like I'm not with them when they're being pulled over just because they're black. I'm not like these things aren't happening around me. So I've never been aware like and yeah, like when I'm around my black friends, we talk about other things. We don't talk about, hey, Kayla, do you know that I got pulled over? The Like it's not something that it's the it's just. But it is something we talk about now. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it's all that is, honestly, is white privilege. Yes. Like, I have learned about this since I was a child. I've literally cried because I'm scared of my brothers going out and leaving the house, my dad leaving the house to go to work or whatever. It may be literally to the grocery store. I don't know if they're going to come home. My oldest brother is extremely dark skinned. I know people probably clutch their bags a little bit tighter if they were to see him walking down the street versus a white male or even a light-skinned man. Like, there's just so many different stigmas, negative ones associated with Black people that make make us or make other people fear us, and it's not fair. But we have to learn about that at a young age simply because of skin that I'm born with. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like, I love being a Black woman. I love everything I represent, everything I stand for. But it's a hard pill to swallow when you're younger and you don't understand why you have to be taught what to do when a cop stops you. You don't understand why you may not get that position in a play or like the captain on a team or something simply because you're black. Like that is something so difficult to have to tell a kid that you shouldn't even have to express. It shouldn't be a thing. And you said something really important earlier about how racism is taught Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly believe racism is taught. You don't just like you're not waking up or born into this world hating someone because of the way they look. Mm-hmm. But also like a white privilege is almost taught so that when you it do is. grow up in the world, like you don't think about these things because they don't directly affect mm-hmm. you. Just like there's a big first world um, privilege where us in America We're so privileged to have TV, cable, running water, like all this stuff that we take for granted that other countries do not have whatsoever. The Middle East, they are going through a whole different type of tragedy in its own. 
but there's no broadcasting on it. One, because there's so much police brutality and our own issues in America that we have to deal with, but also it's not directly affecting us. So it's like, okay, like I can still go to sleep, wake up, you know, do whatever. It doesn't matter. My life is not in jeopardy. My life is not affected. I don't have to worry about not having a meal to eat for dinner. And it's the same thing when you're white until you see these things firsthand or until it's being, you know, broadcasted on TV, like it does Mm -hmm. not affect you. You don't have to worry about leaving your house and being gunned down if you get stopped by a cop. Like, well, in the work, like, uh, I was trying to tell someone, so I'm very close with someone who has very different views and opinions than me. And you saw my white privilege post, right? Where it was yes. like explaining white privilege. What is, yep. And um, one of my very close friends messaged me and was going off about how dare I talk about how we as white people all have this privilege. And I was like, no, no, no. I think you're taking it in like a, you're privileged. Like, it's not like that. I, it's not like you're sitting here and saying, Kayla, you're a little privileged white girl. Like, no, it's saying that because of how I grew up, there's a video that encompasses what I'm about to say so well, but because of how I grew up, because of the circumstances that I was born into that I cannot change no matter what. I have a level up in society. And for me to sit there and not notice that or to talk about that is privilege. Like, And so I think us as white people, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the first step is like, it's, it's kind of like Alcoholics Anonymous, like admit that you have a problem. Like admit to your white privilege. Like just admit that you have privilege And your black friends who you love and adore and whatever, like, that they do not have. And I think that's the first step. Like, just admitting and realizing it and learning. And if you are, like, getting triggered by what I'm saying right now, it may be because you disagree with what I say and you should go look into your privilege. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Identifying the problem in any situation is honestly half the battle. Like, like exactly like Kayla is saying, she's not saying, oh, like I'm a spoiled brat or you're this spoiled brat who's been given handouts and like sits on this throne just because you're white. That is not at all what white (laughs) privilege is. It's just not fearing for your life simply because the color of your skin. And it's something that honestly, white people will never be able to understand. So that's why I feel like it's so hard for them to tap into that and to empathize because you really do have to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And even doing that, you won't ever know what it feels like. I can tell you so many stories about racism. You can, in, you can <laughs> go in. We can get Literally, drunk talking okay. about it forever. Right. And I still would never understand. And At all. that's also okay. Like, I don't want white people to be listening to this, be like, oh God, what do I do? Like, right. I will no. never understand. Like, We will give you tips on what to do, but I just want you to know, like, that I think the first step in all of this is just recognizing that there's a huge issue going on. For all of you that are pro-police or what, I don't even know what, like, Blue Lives Matter or whatever, I have lots and lots of friends in law enforcement. 
I know that there are lots of police officers that do the right thing. Alexis does too. Like we, we are not sitting here being like, no, like cops are horrible. But to sit here, I, I don't know if you've ever heard this analogy, but it's my favorite, like the rotten apple analogy. If you put a rotten apple in the bottom of a barrel with great apples, it will rot the other apples like 10 to 15 times faster just because there's one rotten apple in the barrel. And I feel like so many people forget that sometimes. It's not about the good ones. It's about the couple of bad ones that are rotting what is going on. And like when people are sitting here and saying Black Lives Matter, I just feel like I have to explain it because so many white people don't get this. Oh, yeah. When we are saying Black Lives Matter, it is not saying that police lives don't. Like, just like what we were talking about before. It's not saying that, like, white lives don't matter. It's not saying any of these things. It's really just saying that there's clearly a big issue that's going on. The fact that, like Alexis said, that four people have been lynched in the past couple of days and they've all been ruled as freaking suicides, you have got to be blind or, like, to... I don't even like you have to be stupid to not think that there's an issue going on. And I it just it breaks my heart. And I know as your friend and as a white ally, I think my question to you is what do I do from here? And like more specifically, so you know me, I'm very big on social media. I have been vocal about all of this stuff on social media. I have definitely started educating myself more and done all the things but apart from that and apart from like donating apart from protesting like what else can I do and that's my question as a white friend of yours (laughs) what can I honestly do because I think a lot of people have that question right now and I think so many people are like I don't know what to do because if I do something I don't want to do it wrong and so Go for it. I know that's a loaded question. You're welcome. So whenever my white friends have asked me these questions in the past few weeks with everything going on, my immediate response is changing the conversation within your own circle and within your friend group. Like you said at the beginning, this is an awkward conversation. It is hard to have, but it's something that is very necessary and needs to happen And it's just like, it can be educational. It can be very lighthearted. I know this is a serious subject, but it's all about your your approach to it Mm -hmm. and coming with love and just trying to make them understand and see what is going on. Like it's simply, you can't dispute with the video. You can't dispute with facts. You can't dispute with a picture. You just can't. Like these are things that you have to see with your own eyes. But starting this conversation within your friend groups, especially if your friend group is mostly white, like, okay, have y'all seen what's going on? Like, this is something serious. If you say you're, you have black friends, then okay, you need to be sensitive to this and talk about this and just know what is going I on. I hate when white people say that. Well, oh, I have black friends. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, cool. Okay, Sally. What? what? <laughs> right, Karen. <laughs> I think the our age version is Sally, and the older one is Karen. I love it. Sally. (laughs) Sally. Karen. God bless. Um, But But just having that conversation and making people uncomfortable. It is okay to be uncomfortable. You do not grow when you stay within your comfort zone. You don't grow by not, like, risking something and honestly being fearful. But 
That is not the same emotion that I should have when I go outside of my house, literally to go on a jog. Yeah. That is not something that I should have to feel. Yeah. So. I love it. Well, and I think, so one question that I had for Alexis before this, and we actually kind of already talked about it, but I'll just ask you for and giggles. But my question is so, I kind of already said, I'm very big on social media and I've done all the things. I've posted my black square. I've started talking about white privilege. I'm still posting about it in my stories. And just to give some context, the reason I'm asking this question is because I got a DM from one of my white friends (laughs) talking about how if I post like selfies or post about smoothie bowls or post about skincare or post about whatever that I'm taking away from the movement. But I I honestly, like I could feel myself getting a little defensive and I get, I, I used to get, de- like I got, I get defensive yeah. sometimes. So <laughs> I have to check myself. But when I talked to you, it made me feel a little bit better because, and you can tell than what you said. But my question to Alexis was, is it okay to not necessarily move on, but like give my audience the expectation that, hey, I have to get back to work. Not that I want this to be a thing that I move on from. I feel like it's almost like a death in the family. If someone died, it's not like I want to completely move on from the situation. Like I want to take whatever their death taught me, whatever they taught me as a person with me into my next moments and my next steps. And for me, that's what I want to do moving forward on social media. But what would be your advice to anyone that is a business owner on social media? Like how, what would you say to do to go about all of this and social media. I think that it's okay to post your selfies and whatever you want to that is relevant to your life because at the end of the day, this is your social media. You mm-hmm. created it to, you know, highlight your life, highlight things you're doing. So you don't have to back away completely from that. I think it's important to continue to post, you know, not just have it be this one time thing or like, I'm going to post this little black square, but then I'm also going to delete it because it messes up my aesthetic. Like, no, (laughs) I'm so sorry that the black screen messes up your aesthetic. Like, my black life people that like post it and they're like oh great i post post the black square i'm done now yeah like i'm done now like (laughs) yeah or they're doing all of the protesting and stuff to just be trendy like like that yes when you just take a picture at the protest like what are you doing why are you you really here did you see the (laughs) (laughs) did you see the picture of the girl where she's holding up a sign and she has a mask on but like in the shadow of the Wasn't picture. that Kendall Jenner? No, it was oh. some other girl. But she, in the shadow of the picture, there's no sign. She's <laughs> literally just like... <laughs> I did see that. And once again, just like we were yeah. saying before we started recording, like this has become a trend and a fad that, oh, well, everyone's posting about Black Lives Matter, so let me do it too. Well, and I feel like if I were to do what this person that DM'd me said to do... I would feel like I would be coming off as one of those girls, like someone that, 
Oh, I've never posted a black. I've never posted about Black Lives Matter in my life, and let's just go on and post the black square right. and only post about my black friends from now on. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna come off as really fake, exactly. just like The Bachelor just now casting Matt. Like it comes off as like, oh. It's not like black yeah. people just came into existence, you crazy person. Okay, like, we were not just invented yesterday. Like, Which, by the way, if you look in my Instagram in my high school days, Alexis is definitely in my <laughs> oh, Instagram. <yeah. laughs> Please so, don't go look, though, because no. sis glue up. I may, like, I may need to go delete yeah. some stuff. <laughs> just archive this, yeah. maybe, because, like, oh, my God. Especially when this airs? Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah. But, no, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like I said, I don't think it's... Like, you should feel bad about posting selfies. I have been struggling with the same thing. Like, oh my gosh, who cares about my selfie? Because I just got my hair done when people are still getting killed um, by, by the police. Way, it looks so ah, good. Thanks, girl. Yeah, <laughs> but seriously, though, like, it's those internal battles that are making it hard because you want to show your alliance and your support. But then at the same time, you like so many other people on Instagram, whether you're an influencer or you're just advertising your business via social media. You make money off of this. Like, you have to post your business or else how are you supposed to survive and pay for what you need to pay for? How am I supposed to pay for all of these petitions I'm signing if I can't? (laughs) Literally, though. So what? It's a a double-edged sword. I think think it's fine to find a healthy balance. Like, definitely don't completely move away from one side just to support the other side. Whether it's network marketing or just, you know, being Black Lives Matter. Like, you have to find a healthy balance but then continuously show your support just by knowing, especially when there's places and companies where it's not apparent that, you know, you were made by a black creator, like you are doing products that cater towards inner communities, inner city communities or whatever. I think it's important to continuously show your alliance so that you aren't seen as fake and like, oh, you were just following a trend. Because honestly, there's been a lot of times where me and my boyfriend have driven downtown, whether we're like going to find food or just out taking a ride. And there's so many places that have like There are shops and stores boarded up with Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff. And it always crosses in my mind, like, are you doing that because you truly care about us as people? Are you just doing that to for the image so that people don't come and loot in your Uh store and like riot and all that stuff when that was happening? But it's just like, we really can't win. Like, I don't know if it's sincere, but then if you don't say anything, it's like, well, you like you really don't like me but then saying too much is like okay karen you're doing a lot (laughs) okay sally god bless (laughs) so i get it it's it's a lot but honestly i think like you said at the very beginning like just starting the conversation is what we need to do and i heard on this other bachelor podcast earlier today where um, so many people were asking Rachel, like, when do you think racism is going to end? And she was like, I don't know. I, it's, I don't think it's a matter of it ending. I think it's a matter of it, like, like getting better. I think it's a matter of it, you know, kind of like if you go into surgery for something that has to take 15 surgeries, I think the first surgery is the first step and you're going to come out of that surgery and it's going to be a little bit better, but then you know that you're going to have to go into battle again. I think it's kind of one of those things. And all I know and all I can do is use my resources and use my voice and 
have conversations like this to talk about things, but also, like you said, just to keep talking about it and keep bringing it up and keep on signing the petitions and keep on like bringing it up in social media and like just having it be a part of who I am rather than it just being a little fad. But I don't know. I just love you. And I'm, I'm sorry for everything that has ever happened or that has happened to you or anything that you've been scared of. And I know I can't do much, but what I can do, I will continue to do. And I love you. I love you too. And thank you. Like, I know you cannot speak for all white people. I cannot speak. I just did. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But I now me. (laughs) But I obviously can't speak for all black people. We all face our own individual battles. And that's a whole nother story in its own. But just like you said, like, there's no blanket statement to make this better. I don't think racism will go away. I just think that we have to adapt to this new normal. Black Lives Matter, like, forgetting that whole movement, just being a black life. Like, my life matters today, tomorrow, yesterday. It always will, no matter what. My mom's life matters, my brother's, my nieces, my nephews. Like, no matter what. If you are black, your life matters. If you are white, if you are Latino, like, whatever. Your life matters, and it should. You should never have to fear for it or move a certain way just because of how you look. Well, just to bring it to the next level and, like, bring it full circle... Feel like Jesus feels like your life as a black life more than matters. Oh like, yeah, it, we're all here. Yeah, to like, serve a purpose. Yeah, and I mean, He created you specifically for a reason. And I don't know. I just I wish one more people love Jesus, but that's a story for another podcast. Me but too. two could have conversations like this and if you don't have any black friends maybe that's the start um but if you have black friends and you're one of those people that's like oh well I have black friends so I'm not racist maybe your first step is talking to those black friends if you've already had conversations with those black friends maybe ask them what else you can do because what I want or what I want to ask Alexis like how I how, what I what a little I can't talk. What else I can do for you might be different than what you can do for your friends. So uh, thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk to y'all again soon. All right, say bye. 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 <laughs>